Welcome to the fourth annual Locked On Podcast Network NBA Mock Draft. Bigger and better than ever. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Over the next five days on Locked On NBA, you will get all 30 picks. You will get 30 local experts breaking down the picks for their team. Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated will break down each player that's selected. Chad Ford is over at the NBA Big Board, and he will give us his take on the picks and the breakdowns. Former NBA general manager John Hollinger will stop by whenever trades are made by our local experts and give the breakdown. So unlike any other mock draft you'll ever see or hear, you have the local experts on every pick. You've got the world-class expertise of Chad Ford and Jeremy Wu's breakdowns, the GM and John Hollinger, and we'll have our main desk. Brad Roland, who covers the NBA draft for Dime, Brandon Clean, who covers the NBA draft for Fansided, and Josh Lloyd, who covers it for Red Rock, all Locked On hosts who've done amazing work, will be joining me as well. I'm David Locke, host of Locked On Jazz, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are excited to bring it to you. Before I introduce Brad and Brandon and Josh, I want to just say one thing about this mock draft and all NBA drafts. The truth is that one of the top five players on average in every draft busts. And the truth is that out of the first 10 players in the NBA draft every single year, there's actually usually only six to seven really good rotation players. And the numbers tell you that from 11 to 30 in every NBA draft, only half of those players are rotation players. So there's going to be a little honesty on this show. There's going to be a little straightforwardness on this show because not every pick is perfect, and certainly in this draft, every player is not. Let's go and welcome in our expert desk. Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks has done a wonderful job breaking down the draft this year on Locked On Hawks as well as on Chad Ford's big board. And Brad, when you look at this draft, what is most interesting to you in these first opening picks, Minnesota, Golden State, Charlotte, and what are you expecting to see today? I think just the uncertainty, honestly, and uh, by the way, thank you for having me, but I think just the fact that there isn't a no-brainer. I might have what I have on my board, but the fact that there isn't a huge consensus here. I think LaMelo Ball is the closest thing to one, but just the wide-open nature of this thing with trades coming and all that stuff, I'm really intrigued to see how it actually breaks down. So it's wide open, and uh, we're all excited for it, I'm sure. Brendan Clean, fan-sided and locked on Suns, what's most interesting to you? Well, it's the reason we have John Hollinger here. It's it's what happens with these trades. We know Minnesota and Golden State are actively shopping their picks, and uh, it's going to be a matter of if they can find a partner to, to move up. I think this is a unique draft, like Brad just said, in that uh, there's not a consensus player that we all know is going number one. That means teams are going to be moving around, and I think we'll see a lot of that. Josh Lloyd, you've done remarkable work over on Locked on Fantasy Basketball, interviewing numerous draft experts all across the country getting the two players they like the two players they don't like what has been your takeaway from all these great shows you've done well really that it's it's a really flat draft and there's no real top end talent so like if we just transported these guys into say next year's draft i don't know if anyone goes before pick seven or eight so everyone is trying to get out of these top spots because no one wants to commit first pick rookie scale money to players that they don't think are that good. So it's everyone wants to trade down. People don't want to trade up, and people are just going to be like, eh, I guess I'm okay with this player. So it's it's a weird draft in the uh, 
in the normal scheme of how drafts look. This is our main desk. I'm David Locke, along with Brad Rowland, along with Brendan Clean and Josh Lloyd. They'll be with us throughout the show. In addition, on our coverage today on the Locked On NBA Mock Draft, we have the expert desk. And there's no better NBA expert than the man we have sitting over all by himself at Chad Ford's Big Board. And Chad, welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network NBA Mock Draft. Thank you for all your amazing coverage on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. What do you like about this draft? What do you not like about this draft? I don't like the top of the draft uh, because all of the top prospects that we're talking about in this draft have a significant risk factor. And on top of that, you have teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Golden State Warriors that aren't your typical teams that sit at the top of this draft that have time to be patient, have time to develop a player. They need help now. And when you combine those two things together, it makes it really scary at the top of this draft. If, if I was drafting one, two, and three, I would be sweating bullets right now coming into this draft and doing what I think they're trying to do, which is move down. What I like about this draft is that when you get to pick like nine through 20, I think there's a lot of value in this draft. There's a lot of wings, which are really important position right now in the NBA. I think that there is the draft is going to start getting stronger as we get later in the draft. The problem at the top of the draft is maybe those guys are typically guys that would normally go, you know, 10 to 20 in a draft. But when we get to 10 to 20, those are typical guys that you would normally take in the 10 to 20. All right, six picks coming. Do you have any guess what we're about to see? I, I think we're going to see a lot of people try to trade their pick is what my guess is that we're going to see. I don't think there's going to be a lot of success in that early on. John Hollinger and I modeled out in, in one of our big board uh, a, a bunch of mock draft trades that we thought were actually possible. And, you know, the truth was, you know, it was hard for us to come up with trades that we both felt like would be likely wins for both teams. And so I, I think we'll see a lot of trying to trade. I'm not sure we're gonna actually going to get trade. I do think with the number one pick, my guess is it's going to be LaMelo Ball. He's Chad Ford. The podcast is Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. If you have not listened to it yet, it is time to binge all the breakdowns and be ready for the draft by going to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Chad is at the expert desk, and we'll check back in with him throughout the draft. Back with our main desk, Brad Rowland, Brendan Clean, Josh Lloyd. We've got six picks we're about to embark upon. I want to know the top six players on your board. Josh Lloyd, start us off. Um, well, pretty consistently through this process, I've had Lamelo at number one. Uh, so it's, he's sticking there. I've got Killian Hayes at uh, at number two uh, on my board. Then after that, uh, Onyekra Kongu is up there for me at number three. I really rate him as a as a prospect. After that, it gets a little bit murky. Um, my latest board had Denny Avdia, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards rounding out the top six, but I'm not sure that's going to how how it's going to look when we get closer to the actual draft. But at, at that point, this is how things uh, things look. Brad Rowland, what's your top six? At present, it's Lamelo Ball number one, followed by Anthony Edwards number two, Killian Hayes number three, Anyaka Akongwu number four, Isaac Okoro at number five, and six is a little bit more fluid. But I will uh, I will say Devin Vassell at number six overall. Brendan, how about yourself? Got the same six guys as Brad, but in a little bit of a different order. So I have Ball one, Hayes two. I have Anthony Edwards third. I have Isaac Okoro fourth, Devin Vassell sixth, fifth, and Okongwu sixth. Heavy on the perimeter for me. Did anybody have Wiseman in their top six? 
I had him at five, but I'm not all that confident with it. Wow. And only one of you had Anthony Edwards or everybody have Anthony Edwards? I think we all did. So, yeah, I had him I had him down at six. All right. Anthony Edwards, a lot of questions, some bad workouts reportedly. We've got also uh, and James Wiseman only in one of the top six. We'll see what happens here. That is Brad Rowland, Brendan Clean, Josh Lloyd. Now it's time for the first pick of the NBA mock draft of the Locked On Podcast Network. We go into the NBA draft room of the Minnesota Timberwolves with Locked On Wolves. Thanks, David. The Timberwolves are in a really unique position this year with the number one overall pick and the third worst record in the NBA last year. It's really hard to argue that they're in win now mode. But at the same time, they have two players on max contracts and Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell both only 24 years old, both recently all-stars. So it's also hard to say that they're in rebuilding mode because they need to win as soon as they can to keep those guys happy and prove that they're on the right track. And in a draft with no consensus number one overall pick, there's no John Wall, Carl Anthony Towns, Blake Griffin, Zion Williamson at number one. And also the team at number two, Golden State, is in win-now mode. They're not rebuilding, so they're also trying to trade their pick. In a perfect world, I'd be able to trade the number one overall pick, and I tried. I had discussions with basically every team in the top 10, and there were no discussions that really got anywhere. I would have loved to trade back to the four to 10 range, maybe four to 12 range, pick up a three and D prospect, a Patrick Williams, somebody who could play the four, maybe somebody like a Sadiq Bay in the back half of the lottery, uh, uh, Devin Vassell, maybe if I was in that five to eight range. Unfortunately, I was unable to pull the trigger on any deals. And the other thing I wanted to do if I was if I was able to make a trade is pick up another asset, a 2021 draft pick. Currently, the Wolves don't have any 2021 draft picks or possibly a player to plug into the rotation now who's currently in the, in the NBA on somebody's roster to improve the overall roster talent in Minnesota. But I was unable to do so. That left me debating at number one who I was going to take. The, the consensus top tier, of course, in no particular order is James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, and Anthony Edwards. The concerns with James Wiseman are he's a seven-footer. Towns is a seven-footer. Wiseman doesn't really stretch the floor. If he were clearly head and shoulders above every other prospect in this draft, and some people might think he is, I don't think that he's that far ahead of anyone else, then maybe you make that pick. I just don't think he's a tantalizing enough prospect to pull the trigger on pairing Towns with another seven-footer, um, and you're not going to draft a guy first and put him behind Towns. So in addition to Edwards and Ball, though, I also wanted to consider... Obi Toppin, the Dayton big man, who I think is just an outstanding dynamic offensive player and a perfect fit next to Carl Anthony Towns. I also considered Killian Hayes, Tyrese Halberton, both players with similarities to D'Angelo Russell, but good enough playmakers and enough, you know, good enough shooters that they could work with the Timberwolves. But it was hard to justify that value at number one. And without a trade back on the table, where I would have considered all of those players. Instead, I chose between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball at first overall. Ball's issues are well-documented defensively as well as his outside shooting, but his passing ability, his court vision, his ability to lead a team, his size are all things that really can't be taught and are head and shoulders above any other prospect in this draft. Anthony Edwards has size and physicality, but he's not a good outside shooter. He's not a good defender and he doesn't consistently try hard on either end of the floor with scar tissue from Andrew Wiggins, who is a similar prospect to Anthony Edwards in a lot of respects. I decided to go with LaMelo ball at first overall. I think that his playmaking ability, his court vision, his passing ability are all going to fit perfectly with the Timberwolves. It'll allow D'Angelo Russell to move off the ball a little bit more often in the backcourt, allow him to shoot catch and shoot three pointers with some frequency and double the number of outstanding playmakers in the backcourt to get the ball to Carl Anthony Towns in advantageous positions to score. 
And I think the the high ceiling of the Wolves offense is truly top five in the league. Yes, there could be some defensive issues. There will be some defensive issues. But if the Timberwolves can find a way to give themselves a middling average defense and have a top five offense, this team could turn into a playoff team much sooner rather than later. LaMelo Ball is the first pick of the Locked On Podcast Network mock draft immediate reaction, Brad Roland. I love the pick. It's the only way to go in my view, and I mean that sincerely. I know the fit stuff is kind of out there, but LaMelo Ball is the best player in this draft. He's the best prospect in this class, and honestly, D'Angelo Russell's a good player, but he's not someone who's going to scare me off of LaMelo Ball. So give me give me Melo as well at number one overall and uh, an A-plus choice. Unless you're, unless you're considering a trade, Ball is the only way to go. Universally accepted. LaMelo Ball goes number one. Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated is with us to give us the breakdown of every pick that is taken. Here is Jeremy Wu. LaMelo Ball, uh, you know, 6'7", point guard. Uh, the most, probably the most gifted playmaker in the draft. Uh, you know, very creative player. Uh, I think, I wouldn't say he's the consensus number one pick, but there's definitely a case. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think if you're picking him early, you know, you're you're hoping that his jump shot comes together. Um, you know, that's that's one concern teams have had the jump shot. Uh, you know, how how long it will take for him to mature into, uh, you know, a leader who can really run a team. You know, those things are up in the air. But with 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 Ball, he's the type of guy, especially in a draft like this, uh, where the talent level is not not crazy high. Uh, you know, any of these guys can end up being really really good. Uh, but you know, just watching how natural he is passing the ball. Uh, you know, he has this type of stuff, you know, it's cliche, but they say you can't teach it. I think he's one of those guys. Um, you know, so to take him first, it's a big gamble, but I think uh, also one that can pay off. LaMelo Ball is off the board. The Warriors are here. We know they're probably trying to make the, every move possible on this pick. Brendan, what do they do here if they can't move this pick? I think you got to go value. you got to read the room, know who around the league of this rest of this class has the most value. Take that guy and keep uh, working the phones. And Josh Lloyd, who is that player? Well, to me, it's Killian Hayes pretty clearly. You're having a guy of his size with a shooting upside and the you know, creation ability. But the fact that the Warriors are going to be trying so hard to trade this pick and they're not really getting bites for it means that if you're taking someone to trade them later, I don't think that trade is necessarily going to be there unless that player really blows up. So I'm just taking the player who I think is, is the best guy at this point, not like, oh, well, this guy might have high value across the league because if they had that high value, then you wouldn't have this pick in the first place and someone else will be looking to move up. So if they're struggling there, they're going to struggle later on. Let's go to Wes Goldberg in the Golden State Warriors draft room with as the host of Lockdown Warriors with the second pick of the Lockdown NBA mock draft. The Warriors here at number two are unlike a lot of the teams in the top of this draft. Not only do they not have much playing time to go around, but they also need somebody who can contribute immediately while also having the upside to develop into the face of the franchise after Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green are out of their primes. The dream scenario here, obviously, would be being able to trade the second overall pick for a young all-NBA type of player because that's what the Warriors are looking for with this pick. They are looking to get somebody who can make multiple all-star games at some point in the future. But if you could trade the pick for somebody who is already making these all-star games and is young enough to take that baton a few years from now, that would be the ideal situation. Unfortunately, if the 76ers aren't making Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid available, I really don't know 
who that type of player would be. I mean, the the Wizards aren't moving off of Bradley Beal anytime soon. It doesn't. It sounds like, and I think guys even like Drew Holiday fall a little bit short of of that multiple All Star, uh, young type of player, uh, All NBA type of player. So um, the big decision that they need to make with this pick now um, is who they're going to take. Right, and with Lamelo Ball already off the board, that leaves two of the consensus top three guys: Anthony Edwards out of Georgia and James Wiseman, the former Memphis center. And uh, those would be the two guys that they're going to uh, dis- be deciding between here. I think the other option would be Denny Edvia um, out of Maccabi Tel Aviv. Provides some things that they would like, especially a body on the perimeter. He's got some great ball handling. He's able to finish at the rim. Some defensive versatility potential there. But it, it comes down here to Wiseman and Edwards just because of their upsides being what they are. Uh, that said, we looked at the idea of maybe trading this pick. Would Charlotte be willing to move up from three to number two to get Wiseman? Would teams like Phoenix be willing to move up um, all the way up to number two to pair Anthony Edwards along with Devin Booker in the backcourt? We canvassed the league, uh, made some calls, uh, but none of the other uh Locked on hosts uh, were taking it, and I think that's something that could play out in real life here because as much as teams might want to trade back in this draft, there's just not that many teams willing to trade up in what is considered an otherwise weak draft. So um, with all of that said, I think the decision uh, was pretty simple, and it's Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Now, that may shock a few people who have been penciling in James Wiseman in their own mock drafts, but... I'll tell you this, the Warriors have more of a need for perimeter depth than they do at center. Already at center, they've got Marquise Chris and Kevon Looney. Not all-star players, but not players who need the ball. Uh, they try hard, they play hard, um, and, and they're going to need minutes next year. And then you're playing Draymond Green, presumably, at the end of games in small ball lineups. That doesn't leave as much time for James Wiseman to develop as I think a lot of people think he would get. Now, I think they like the upside there with him. But ultimately, the upside with Anthony Edwards, his ability to create his own shot, his ability to guard several different positions, his ability to get to the rim and play in space and play in transition right away, I think fits what the Warriors want to do slightly more. And he can come in right away, be your leading scorer off the bench, play hard on defense and do all those things, and then maybe one day in the future be able to develop into your leading scorer. Because unlike anybody else in this draft, he has the ability to create his own shot and the ability to reach that potential at some point. Uh, So the Warriors at number two gladly take Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Anthony Edwards, uh, my number one ranked player uh, on my board uh, out of Georgia. Uh, You know, he's got a great frame, 6'5", listed at 225. Uh, You know, pretty much every physical tool uh, you'd want in a modern shooting guard he has. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he's good value here at number two, uh, especially, you know, if you're Golden State, you know, having a guy like this, being able to bring Edwards in, you know, with veterans around him would be a great fit, uh, sort of, you know, help them along. You know, teams think there's a degree of handholding that might happen with him, but, uh, you know, as long as he stays focused and, you know, makes, makes the most of his ability, there's not much he can do on the court. Uh, I think he's an underrated passer. I think he'll be a capable defender. Uh, and I think he'll be more efficient, just the more time he has to uh, pick things up. Uh, so I like this pick here. I think I think he'll be a good uh, good pick. A lot of people criticize his lack of feel. Why is that either wrong, or do you not worry about it? 
I'm less concerned about the feel, uh, just because, you know, he is really young. You know, I'm not saying he's going to transform into Steve Nash, uh, but I think that, you know, sometimes we don't afford guys enough time to get better. And this is a kid who uh, reclassified in high school. He skipped ahead to college, uh, you know, w- would have been a senior uh, in, in high school. And basically, I was, was, you know, arguably the best individual player in the SEC. You know, his team wasn't very good, but that wasn't necessarily his fault either. Uh, so I think, you know, I think there is like a, a basic uh, thing with the field that I think he can he can broach. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be, uh, you know, uh, MVP. Probably not. But uh, is can he be like a fringe all star player? Yeah, I think so. That's Jeremy Wu's breakdown on Anthony Edwards, the number two pick by the Golden State Warriors. He's been much debated. Brendan Clean, where do you find yourself on him? Look, he he's he's the most probably talented player left on this board overall. You just look at his athleticism. You look at the ability to create his own shot. It's obvious, I think, that, that that's where they went here. Again, a guy that they might continue to try to look to deal. And theoretically, a positional fit, right? We know they need help on the wing, so they're not playing guys like Alfonso McKinney again next year. So we want Anthony Edwards, I think, there just to, to kind of set the stage here. And, and they'll probably, like I said, continue to work the phones. But is he, is he actually like, any good? But that's the thing with the Warriors, they want to compete for a championship. Do you feel comfortable about it no. playing rotation minutes? That's, that's, it's, the, it's tough. I like, I like it more than you guys do. I'll say that. I, I definitely agree with the fact that Edwards may not be great, but he is the best talent available. He's the guy that I think I would have taken here at the same time. So, yes, there is a little bit of volatility, but in terms of retaining value as well, I think he's the best selection, even if the uh, this is probably, it's probably a, little, a little bit warranted along the way here. But I do think the talent and allowing him to be sort of a, uh, a non-primary in Golden State will really help him. All right, two picks are in the books right now, and if survive this day, you're probably going to need built go. That's the reality of it all. When we hit the wall after recording this for six straight hours, giving you five days of coverage, the only way we're going to get through it ourselves is with Built Go. That's right. We all hit the wall at some point in the day, and the makers of the great Built Bar have now made for you Built Go. Or if you're Australian accent, it sounds like Built Co. And it's a new sponsor when I was listening to Locked on Fantasy Basketball. But I actually figured out it's actually Built Go. That's right. Build Go gives you 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase or your uh, golf bag or just have it sitting by you in the studio when you're recording a NBA mock draft. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it does the body better. And it's got collagen protein, fast-absorbing, so it goes into your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Go to BuiltGo.com, B-U-I-L-T, Go, G-O.com. And use the promo code LOCK to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltGo.com. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off. Welcome back to the Locked On Podcast Network NBA Mock Draft. We're here for five days for you on Locked On NBA. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or follow us on Google Podcasts as well. Picks 1 through 6 today, 7 through 12 on Thursday, and so forth, 13, 18 on day 3 with Monday and Tuesday, and then Locked on NBA returns for you. Remember, the Hollinger and Duncan show comes out for you later this week with all sorts of draft breakdowns as well. All right, let's get to pick number three. Charlotte's on the board, and let's go to the Locked on Hornets draft room. 
I'm Walker Mayo from the Lockdown Hornets podcast, and I co-host the podcast alongside Nada Edwards. Of course, we are representing the Charlotte Hornets, picking number three overall in the real NBA draft and in this Lockdown Podcast Network mock draft. A couple of things to consider for the Charlotte Hornets. It was just reported a couple of weeks ago that the Hornets were so interested in big man James Wiseman, they might be looking to trade up to number one and or number two to secure James Wiseman being on the roster. If you look at how it played out in this mock draft, LaMelo Ball goes number one to Minnesota. The Timberwolves did reach out to us to see if we'd be interested in trading up. We declined. LaMelo goes number one. Golden State selects Anthony Edwards, number two. And Golden State, before making that selection, also reached out to the Charlotte Hornets, who, again, have been rumored heavily to possibly think uh, about trading up. We also declined their offer of getting the second overall pick in exchange for the number three overall pick and tacking on Miles Bridges. I don't think the Charlotte Hornets are in a position to give up young assets and or draft picks to move up one or two spots. I'll be just fine with whatever consolation prize, quote unquote, might come the way of the Charlotte Hornets. So with LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards off of the board, it was a decision between the two big men here with Anyeka Kongwu and James Wiseman. We ultimately decided to select the USC product, Anyeka Okungwu, 6'9", 240 pounds, known as a defensive menace in college basketball, and also was one of the best finishers in all of the sport last season. You look at his touch around the rim, it's exceptional, shooting over 60%, and then even you look at his free throw percentage, it's over 70% on 5.1 attempts per game. I think that does make you lean more towards him having the possibility of extending his range as he goes forward in the NBA. It's not there right now, though. Going to be more of a pick and roll player, a lob threat, someone that can possibly get his shot off against some of the bigger guys playing center in the NBA because he has shown a lot of touch around the rim. Ultimately, we decided to go with a Kongwu over James Wiseman because a Kongwu can switch on the perimeter better than what James Wiseman can. And I think a Kongwu, because of his ability to get out of the floor fast, does have some rim protection in his game. He's so closely compared to Bam Adebayo constantly. I think defensively, you look at the amount of blocks per game that each of them were able to get their lone year in college. Okongwu actually proved to be maybe a better rim protector, certainly a better shot blocker than what Bam Adebayo was. Even if he doesn't switch as well as Bam Adebayo did, Okongwu uh, is still pretty good at it and better than what James Wiseman could do. So I think Okongwu can still be effective in drop coverage despite being a smaller big. That's why we decided to select Anyeka Okungwu, number three overall with the Charlotte Hornets. And if you're interested in more Hornets coverage going forward, remember to check us out as we're releasing content every single day. Our Twitter handle is at LockedOnHornets. You can follow me on Twitter at WalkerMail and my co-host Nada at NadaTheScribe. Thanks for listening to what the Charlotte Hornets did in the Locked On Podcast Network mock draft. Well, Josh Lloyd, they took your guy, the first real surprise of the draft. Uh, Akangu goes number three instead of James Wiseman, but you had this on your board, Josh. Yeah, this is exactly what I would have done if I was Charlotte. I think that there is a legitimate chance and a really good chance that he is the best uh, big man in this class. Moves well, uh, protects the rim. I think there is some passing upside. There's some shooting upside there as well. Can switch, and that's exactly what you want out of a big man. You don't need to be seven foot one and then not be able to move on the perimeter like some other big men that we might talk about later. I, I think it fits perfectly. Some interchangeability with PJ Washington there as well. And uh, yeah, look, if I had seen one of those point guards uh, around, I, I, Killian Hayes is there, so I may have gone with him in this case. But 
I can't I can't complain about the Okongwu pick. I don't think it, it would necessarily go down this way, but I, I love what the, the guys that locked on Hornets did. We'll see what Jeremy Wu, Sports Illustrated, has to say about the kid out of USC who's now heading to Charlotte. Okongwu uh, is a player a lot of a lot of scouts like. Um, I, I think here at number three, it's a really interesting pick with James Wiseman still on the board. Um, you know, for some people, it's a conversation. I think for, for me, I, I prefer Wiseman, so that's what I would do here. But uh, I can understand the argument. Um, you know, if Kongwu at 6'9", uh, you know, he, he is not the, the biggest center, right? But, uh, you know, with the modern NBA, teams are playing smaller and faster. I think there is more room for a guy like him to succeed. Um, you know, obviously a really, really good defensive player, uh, just a natural in terms of positioning, altering shots. Uh, and if you think that that translates and you think that his offense uh, takes off in a real way where he, you know, can maximize his ability to pass, uh, you know, continue to improve uh, his skill level and hopefully, you know, starts to shoot with, you know, if those things happen, I think he can deliver uh, on this spot. Um, but, you know, with Wiseman on the board here, it's the bold, bold pick. So three picks are in. Let's go back to the Chad Ford big board expert desk. Chad, what's your thought on LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Okongu going in the first three picks of this draft? Well, I think of the first two, what you see are teams that are drafting for trade value, in my opinion, not necessarily for fit. I don't think LaMelo Ball is a great fit in Minnesota, and I certainly think that Anthony Edwards is actually a bad fit in Golden State. So why would they select them at one and two? Because they feel like they have the most trade value down the road. If you can't make a deal on draft night, you still can make a trade into the, into the I guess, fall now. Used to, I'm used to saying summer, into the fall, and certainly into the season. And so that's why you take a guy like that because of the trade value. Interesting that a Kongwu goes over James Wiseman here. I think Wiseman is the consensus big, top big on the board right now. But I think a Kongwu has a higher floor uh, than Wiseman does. I think there's concerns that we don't really know about Wiseman and what he's going to be in the NBA, and so you take a sure thing in the Kongwu. I personally would have taken Wiseman here. I, I'm a big fan of Wiseman, but I get the more conservative instinct of taking a Kongwu at three. Who's the next best player on your board right now after those three are off? Well, it's going to be James Wiseman uh, for sure, and then Tyrese Halliburton, a guy that I like, and it's the first guy that's name's going to get called in this draft, and I don't really see a lot of warts in his game, and I think you can project him of being a really good NBA starter for a really long time, just probably doesn't have that ceiling of thinking about him as an all-star. With one surprise already in the book, James Wiseman not going in the top three. We've gotten the breakdown from Jeremy Wu and Chad Ford on it. Let's see what other surprises we have in order. In the Chicago Bulls draft room are Jordan Malley and Matt Peck of Lockdown Bulls. So let's go to the Chicago Bulls draft room. Thanks, David. Matt Peck of Locked On Bulls here. Lots of excitement for this team that during its very long offseason is one of the delete eight teams that hasn't played competitive NBA basketball since early March. Saw lots of organizational changes. The ousting, finally, of John Paxson and Gar Foreman from the front office. The arrival of Arturis Karnischewicz from Denver. From Mark Eversley as the new GM from Philly. Billy Donovan arriving to replace Jim Boylan as this team's head coach and filling out his own assistant coaching staff. Lots of changes with this Bulls organization, and we are excited to add to those changes a number four pick on 2020 NBA draft night. This team has a lot of needs, a team that did not do very well this past season, struggling to get this rebuild off the ground. Clearly to Jordan and myself, the biggest need overall is still playmaking. There were some exciting moments from our 
2019 rookie pick Kobe White, especially towards the back end of the season when he played very well with some more minutes and some more opportunities. But he nor Zach Levine appeared to be a primary playmaker for a starting five of a competitive team capable of creating their own shots not so much with the court vision and the floor general abilities to create offense for their teammates a dream scenario for us would have obviously seen Lamelo ball somehow dropping out of the top three and nabbing him with the number four overall pick because of again those playmaking abilities didn't think that that was going to happen and no surprise that it didn't as he went number one overall to Minnesota another interesting scenario for us would have been uh, a trade on draft night and we were interested in potentially trading down from the number four pick to possibly accumulate another asset Uh, we put out some feelers to some teams kind of in the mid to late stages of the lot behind us to see if anybody was interested in trading up but it seemed like the overall trend this year for this draft was lots of teams with high picks looking to trade down as opposed to trading up so big decision we're making at this point with who we have on the board obviously the other number three uh top three expected pick james wiseman still on the board the bulls front court situation already pretty confusing so we were a little concerned about nabbing him we're also concerned about his overall upside and the amount of work that he needs uh, to put into his game at the nba level so for us it came down to do we look for a playmaker in the backcourt do we take a chance on the international prospect Denny Avdia as a playmaker from the wing position from the stretch four position Um, and what we decided uh, after a little bit of deliberation was that our pick would be the French product Killian Hayes. Uh, lots to like about his game, but again, mostly the playmaking ability, the basketball court vision, uh, some of the passes you see him make uh, are just, you know, otherworldly. Um, and yes, he is a little bit left-hand dominant, uh, and that is our biggest concern, but we're we're optimistic that uh, Billy Donovan's assistant coach that he brought over from OKC, Mo Cheeks, can really help work and develop with Killian Hayes to develop that right hand a little bit as Mo Cheeks, obviously lots of NBA experience playing in the backcourt himself, uh, as well as our new head of player development, Pat Connolly. So we're optimistic about Killian Hayes' upside and his playmaking ability. Also looking like he is turning into a quality three-point shooter. Those three-point numbers have gone up for him in each of his past couple of seasons playing overseas. So that playmaking ability led us to select Killian Hayes from France, the number four pick. Killian Hayes, uh, interesting pick here at number four. Uh, I think there's definitely a case for him this high. Um, you know, a, a player who's really made positive strides over the last couple of years. I think this is a pick that's not without risk. Um, you know, Hayes is a six-five point guard. You know, has a really, you know, promising. I think all around. Uh, Good, good frame, good feel for the game. You know, just a pretty well-rounded player. He, he's still refining the jumper. Um, you know, he has to work on you know his right hand. You know, he's not a guy who I would expect to necessarily be your starting point guard right away. Uh, but for Chicago, where you know playmaking is a strong need on the roster, uh, I think he can play with Kobe White. Um, I don't, I don't see it as an issue. Um, and you know, if you really believe in the upside here, then I, I think it's a, it's a solid pick. 
Well, no trades got done in these opening picks, and the word from everyone in their draft rooms was we were trying, we were trying, and that seems to be the story. Let's bring in our GM expert, former NBA direct vice president of basketball operations, basically GM of the Memphis Grizzlies, and now co-host of Hollinger and Duncan, uh, John Hollinger. John, welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network fourth annual mock draft. No trades got made by our host. They were unable to get deals done. Minnesota, Golden State, Charlotte, Chicago early in this draft. Does that surprise you? Not overly, and I'll tell you why. Because there are more sellers than buyers in this draft. In other words, there are teams looking to move down, uh, especially Minnesota and Golden State. They're trying to see what they can get for those top two picks. Not a ton of interest in moving up necessarily, or certainly in giving up what would be required to move up. And so I do think there's going to be a lot of conversation about these top two picks. I do think Charlotte and Chicago will investigate moving up. I think Minnesota and Golden State will investigate moving down. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked if no trades actually get to the finish line. If you don't get a trade done on the draft night, do you acquire your talent thinking you're going to have them for the season or that a trade window is going to open later? I think... For uh, for Golden State, you're probably thinking a lot about trade value. And for Minnesota, um, you're probably thinking a little more just about best basketball player. I mean, they're not in win-now mode, or they shouldn't be anyway. Um, and they, they should be in talent acquisition mode. Whereas for Golden State, where you're really trying to milk the back end of the Curry-Thompson-Green era for all it's worth... You're thinking to yourself, which player can I take uh, that will have a lot of trade value for us at the trade deadline, too? Who is that player in your mind? I would probably say James Wiseman, just because he has he has a lot of fans in front offices, even though I'm personally a little skeptical about him. I, I do think he's a guy who will have some some resonance, you know, as you get as you get to the trade deadline and, and start dangling him to other teams. Uh, whereas Anthony Edwards, even though I think he has more high end outcomes like he scares people a little so I'm, I'm i'm not sure about the the market for him how vibrant it would be john hollinger hollinger and duncan podcast on the locked on podcast network and our gm expert for our locked on podcast network nba mock draft four picks in the books Lamelo ball anthony edwards Okongu, and killian hayes let's go to cleveland see what chris manning has got going in the cavaliers draft room with locked on cavaliers Hey, I'm Chris Manning from Locked On Cavs. I'm Evan Damerell, Chris Manning's co-host on Locked On Cavs. So we're here picking for the Cleveland Cavaliers at number five overall. And the Cavs' biggest need, I would say, and I think Evan would agree, is defense. This is a team that has been historically bad on defense the last few seasons. And I think primarily they need wing defense. You could argue, and I think they do need rim protection as well. But wing defense and bigger, stronger wings to match up in the modern NBA is by far, I think, this team is the biggest need. Evan, and when you look at this Cavs team, is there a dream scenario for this Cavs group? Well, just to coincide with the dream scenario, it is targeting defense. And the dream scenario for the Cavs would either be to likely trade back and maybe pick up a veteran or a young prospect who can contribute immediately on top of the draft pick. So the Cleveland will be trading five to a team that maybe wants to jump up for one of the point guards in this year's draft because Cleveland has a bevy of point guards on their roster. So try and grab another wing player, maybe another big man, and then get a draft pick for your troubles and then you know select another player with your later pick. But Chris... 
we really didn't get a trade to materialize, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, some things we explored, but the big decision we were making at this point, who were we deciding between when it came to us at the fifth pick? Yeah, I think you and I are both big and Yekong fans. We both think the Cavs are uh, a fan of his as well. So when he's not there at five, he goes at three in this draft. That takes a name off the board for us. I think, Evan, for us, it came down to Okoro, Danny Avdija, uh, James Wiseman, and Devin Vassell. I know there are some people out there that will wonder why Obi Topin is not in that group for us. Evan and I just are of the mind that Although his offensive upside is intriguing, the defensive fit and just what he will offer the Cavs in terms of what they say they want to do just isn't quite there. Um, so for us, it really came down to Okoro, Vassell, Abdija, and Wiseman. I would say the final two is, pr- I would say, Evan, it's, it's Okoro and Wiseman just because of the upside of, of someone like James Wiseman, who likely I think is going top three, being there at number five. And we'll dive into how we came to the decision we made, but uh, Evan, why don't you run through some trade possibilities? Yeah, like I said, our dream scenario was to trade back and get a veteran player or a young prospect who who could contribute, but we actually had a trade-up opportunity with the Golden State Warriors that we tried to explore, and it it just became a little bit too risky for us because we know Golden State is a team that's going to be a contender next year, Cleveland will not be, and the assets we had to surrender to move up to two to possibly take an Anthony Edwards or a LaMelo ball or, or even secure James Wiseman just all together. Just, you know, make sure he's taken care of at that point just became way too much of a risk. And then we actually did explore a trade back as well. Um, for Miles Turner with the Indiana Pacers, but that kind of fizzled out just because Cleveland doesn't have a lot of assets that intrigue Tony East and the Indiana Pacers, and um, it's a shame. I really would have liked uh, Miles Turner on this roster, but I'm actually very happy with our pick, and Chris, why don't we discuss who we took with the fifth overall pick in the Locked On Podcast Network NBA Draft? Yeah, we went with Auburn's Isaac Okoro, and I think for, for this Cavs team, he just fits a lot of needs. He's a guy that's going to come in, it could ease very well easily be the best wing defender in this draft. He's strong. He's just the type of wing the Cavs have really never had um, in terms of a potential 3 and D tape, a guy who could be a lockdown defender. And look, are there offensive concerns? Absolutely. But the Cavs are a team that really believes in their player development program. They believe in their ability to improve shots. And um, I, I think it's a guy they've liked this whole draft process. And it to me, it would not surprise me at all if he ends up being the pick. I think for me, he might be the odds-on pick for their actual selection. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. I think Isaac Okoro makes perfect sense for what Cleveland's trying to build and is actually really close with Colin Sexton, which is an added bonus just for building chemistry and cohesiveness with, you know, the team's arguably best young player going forward. Yeah, this is a franchise that says it wants to take a step forward on defense and, and get more towards winning basketball. Isaac Okoro is a guy that can help them do that. Isaac Okoro, number five, uh, interesting pick, I, I think. Uh, you know, defensively, he's one of the more promising players in the draft. Uh, definitely a guy who uh, teams love with his athleticism. Uh, you know, he's a good passer. He's had sort of an underrated all-around game. Uh, but it's a risky pick here at number five because, you know, he's not a great shooter. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I think the floor is there, but it's not necessarily like a given that he shoots. Uh, and if he doesn't shoot, you know, we've seen players in his mold who are, you know, really gifted wings. A lot of those guys can, can end up falling by the wayside if you don't have uh, the skill to tie it together. Uh, but for Cleveland, I think it makes sense with the roster they have as a gamble. Uh, you know, a, a guy who can sort of complement their guards uh, is going to bring you a more defensive-minded presence at the tone. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a good, good pick here. 
We're back at the main desk. Brad Rowland, Brendan Clean, Josh Lloyd along with us. Two picks have gone down since we've heard from you guys last. Killian Hayes goes to Chicago, number four. And Isaac Okoro uh, goes number five. Brendan, what are you seeing so far in these first five picks of this draft? Look, I appreciate Chicago going with Hayes, a player who I think is good enough to ignore the fact that you could look at their roster and say they're heavy on guards, right? They have Zach Levine and Kobe White, and and they've picked in the lottery for so long that you could say, oh, we don't need a guard. But I think he's a good enough player. I think he's a guy who who they can trust right away on both ends of the floor and is uh, and fits really well with a, a team that's trying to kind of start from scratch here. I think he's the right type of player to add to that group. And look, I had Isaac Okoro. Uh, fourth on my board. So I think, uh, you know, the the Cavs find a wing to go with their young guards and, you know, they just need so much that it's almost hard to say that you have a problem with just about anybody for them. But I like both of these two picks. As Brennan said there, I think there is something admirable about taking the swing with Hayes, even though the Bulls are invested in guards. I love that pick. And even more so, Okoro makes just so much sense for the, for the Cavs. The Cavs defensively are such a mess, and Okoro is very safely going to be very good defensively. And uh, you, you're not drafting for need necessarily, but given where the board ended up, the fact that they were able to sort of fix that need and also add a player with real upside makes a ton of sense to me. The yeah, the Hayes one I love. Obviously, I've got him number two uh, on my board end. Yeah. Kobe White to me is not a guy that's a facilitator, a guy that's you know creating well creating for others. So I think that Hayes works well. The Okoro one is interesting because we hear so much best perimeter defender. Uh, we also heard the same thing last year about DeAndre Hunter. I don't think people would be falling all over themselves to grab him at pick number five, even in this draft. Uh, the lack of offense and the shooting for Okoro is a worry, but Cleveland's just got to take swings on guys at this point, and they do have a big open hole on the wing, and uh, hopefully he fills it. But I don't think there's any guarantee of that. Chad Ford's breakdown of all these picks are coming down. Atlanta's still on the board. We've got more coming up as we continue. It's the Locked On Podcast Network NBA Mock Draft. First five picks are in the board. Atlanta is on the board now. And let's find out. Brad Roland has left our main desk. He is now running the show back at the Atlanta Hawks draft room with Locked On Hawks and the sixth pick of the draft. Coming into the 2020 NBA draft, the Hawks have a ton of possibilities. Quite honestly, that's a function, at least in part, of already having a star player to build around in Trey Young. And also, the Hawks have the most cap space in the entire NBA. They have very little bad salary and really sort of a wide open canvas to play with here in the best possible way, even with a bunch of young players already on the roster. And as a result of all of that, Atlanta can kind of go any any number of different directions at number six overall. That can include trades. In either direction, up or down, or even out of the draft. And in fact, the Hawks have been rumored quite a bit to be at least considering a move for a more established veteran piece using that pick at number six overall. That might make some sense in a vacuum, given that the team is definitely trying to make the playoffs next season after a multi-season drought. Um, But... In terms of the ideal scenario, there is not anything that I view as an absolute slam dunk here for Atlanta unless something crazy were to happen in front of them. And in this mock scenario, there's not a huge faller outside of how you may feel about James Wiseman. I know Wiseman is a consensus top three pick for the most part. But because Atlanta invested in a trade for Clint Capella back in February, right as the league was kind of shutting down, and he was injured at the time, but definitely projects to be healthy moving forward and is under contract for three more seasons, Wiseman's not a player that the Hawks absolutely have to take in this spot, depending on how you feel about him. If you viewed him as the best player available, for sure, then I would certainly advocate still drafting him. Uh, It's not like they couldn't take him, but for me, he would not be necessarily on that level. I think the options for my personal board here would be Denny Evdia, Devin Vassell, maybe Tyrese Halliburton. I guess you have to consider Wiseman as well. 
but I would certainly explore trading down. I had some discussions. I had a few offers presented to me to move down in this class. I think the market isn't quite as strong, though, in this scenario that we've talked about on this mock draft because guys like Killian Hayes and Aneka Kongwu are off the board. Those guys could be pretty natural trade-up targets for some teams behind the Hawks, but because of the way that things, the things broke, I didn't have an offer that I loved necessarily. So just want to say for the record, there's not a huge gap in my mind between any of the available pieces here for Atlanta. I would understand arguments in all directions. I think that Denny Abdia is the highest ranked player available in terms of the consensus along with Wiseman. And Denny would certainly be an option here for the Hawks. I think he may, I think he'd make a lot of sense in a lot of different places. That's one of the best parts about Abdia that he, he fits almost anywhere with all the things that he does very well. And the same, the same would go for Tyrese Halliburton, the guy that is often mocked to the Hawks. I think he would certainly help the Hawks in terms of his shooting, passing, basketball IQ, etc., etc. But in the end, I am taking Devin Vassell out of Florida State with the number six overall pick for the Hawks. As I said before, not, not a no-brainer for me necessarily. I think the Hawks could go in a different direction, but I have Vassell slightly ahead of Abdia and Halliburton on my personal board both for the Hawks and overall. He's a clean fit anywhere as a 3 and D guy. I think he's the best off-ball defender in this class uh, on the wing for sure. I think he'll be a solid or better on-the-ball defender. And then uh, instinctually, he's just so good basketball IQ-wise, just kind of knowing where to be, being in the right places at the right times. And offensively, I think there's some reason to believe in his secondary creation ability. But more importantly, he's sort of a plug-and-play offensive player. He's a good shooter. He can play a little bit off the ball and uh, you know facilitate in terms of his passing, ball movement, cutting, etc., I think the league will be a touch lower on this than I am necessarily, but I think he's a snug fit for the Hawks, especially when I feel like you know, you kind of can't, can't have too many wings, and Vassell fits very well almost anywhere with his defense and shooting. So with all of that said, I'm going with Devin Vassell at number six overall, and I feel pretty good about that investment. He's a guy that I like quite a bit, so he is the choice at number six. Devin Vassell uh, is a guy a lot, a lot of people are interested in, uh, you know, defensively, I think he's going to be ready to contribute right away. Uh, he can shoot it, uh, you know, his, his shooting mechanics. I think there was the minor controversy about that. I'm not super concerned. Uh, but, you know, point being, got guys in his mold who can space the floor, uh, who can, you know, provide really, really strong defense, uh, and with a little bit of upside too as he continues to get better. Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a good pick here. Uh, now, for Atlanta, I'm not sure about the fit just because I think. You know, with James Wiseman, Tyrese Halliburton on the board, you know, those are two players who I think might be better fits long term. Uh, but I, I get it. This is more of a floor play. Uh, but no, noting the wings they already have on the roster, you know, with Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, I don't know if it's the pick I would have made. Devin Vassell wraps up day one with the Atlanta Hawks taking with a six pick. We go back to the Chad Ford Big Board Expert Desk. It's got to be a bit stunning. You had Wiseman and Halliburton as your next two guys on your big board when we talked earlier. Neither of them off the board. How surprised are you? A little bit. I mean, Hayes, I had number five on my board right there with Halliburton. Uh, There's some people that think that he's maybe even the best prospect in this draft. And so I'm certainly not going to make a huge fuss with that. I, I think Chicago going Halliburton or Hayes made a lot of sense. Uh, Okoro, I, man, I, I struggle with this pick. I struggle with wings that can't shoot the basketball. He's clearly a great defensive presence, and I can understand why Cleveland has that need on the wing and that need for that lockdown defender. But at five, to take a player that I don't see much upside at all becoming a shooter in this draft is a, bit, is a big problem. Uh, Vassell, to me, is a really interesting pick for Atlanta. He's a great fit. 
He's he's a classic 3 and D wing who can shoot the basketball and defend multiple positions. I don't really have a problem with it here. In fact, I think he's probably, if we're thinking about guys that actually fit current teams, he's a terrific fit in Atlanta right now, given what they already have. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, the podcast is up. Great chance to catch up on the draft. Still got days till the real NBA draft. Not that this isn't real, but it's a mock draft. The real NBA draft happens, so make sure you get more of Chad Ford. He'll be back with us tomorrow on day two. We have picks 7 through 12, but now let's go back to our main desk. Guys, I want to be blunt. One of these guys is a bust. Who is most likely? Let's wrap up day one with the honest truth. One of the top five usually does not become a prime starter in the NBA and just kind of hangs on. You know, it's the Epe Udo or the Wesley Johnson or the what? Who is your guy, Josh Lloyd? Uh, to me, it's Edwards. Um, I know that he looks tantalizing, but the lack of feel, the lack of defensive effort, the lack of passing acumen, the lack of shooting. Uh, look, I think he's way more Dion Waiters than he is Victor Oladipo, two names you hear often thrown around. So to me, he he's the bus and I wouldn't want to expend uh, top two draft capital on him. To jump back in on Edwards, too, uh, something I didn't say when the pick happened when Wes broke it down for us is I just don't see Edwards, like, of all the teams, of course you'd trust the Warriors for all the infrastructure that they have there. It's it's a you know multi-time champion team, but he doesn't fit how they play. His decision-making is, is almost like oil with water with that group, so uh, that's puzzling, too. If they do end up holding on to him, it's just going to be a, a push and pull all year to see how he gets on the floor and contributes with the way they play. Oh, Brad Roland, you're not ducking this question. You might have just taken the bust. You don't get to duck this question. It's true. I, I have a, a self-interest here with the fact that I just made a pick. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I tend to agree. It's probably Edwards. He's the guy that I think also I'm higher on him than Brendan and Josh are. But just bust potential, that is certainly there for him. There are paths, though, for other guys. I think Hayes, if he were to be exposed to someone with the limited athleticism that he has, Okoro, if he can't shoot, there are some spots where bust could happen. But if you're, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to circle a traditional draft bust of all the all the sort of warning signs that are out there, it really has to be Anthony Edwards, even if he could make us all look silly. I would say too uh, to jump in again here. Ball to me, I I I really really trust his talent. I think he's a, a really really smart basketball player. But you combine the you know the I think we're underestimating how how tricky things can get and potentially ugly trying to play him in and D'Angelo Russell together. You know, we talked about the Warriors infrastructure and how Edwards is almost not fitting in because he's not at that level. I think on the other hand, you know, you have to always worry with the Timberwolves that they haven't really proven that they're going to develop guys like this who do have legitimate question marks about their decision-making and and uh, personality, I guess, is, um, you know, maybe too simple of a way to put it with Ball. I think he's fine, but he's a guy that you're going to have to invest and be patient with even even in his own right. So I just don't think the Timberwolves have shown that to us. So, you know, I trust him. I don't know if I trust them. LaMelo Ball went one, Anthony Edwards two to Golden State, Okongu goes three to Charlotte, Killian Hayes four to Chicago, Isaac Okoro five to Cleveland, and Devin Vassell six to Atlanta. Tomorrow on the Locked On NBA, Detroit, New York, Washington, Phoenix, and San Antonio. Though trade rumors are being bantied about, and maybe deals will be made, because none were able to happen to open this draft, maybe they'll happen when day two comes tomorrow. It is the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA mock draft, here on the Locked On Podcast Network.